do look a little bit bruised. Oh! Gone. And now you're back. No, no, gone again. There's all of the comedy in this beginning. Indeed. Welcome to more bruising comedy at the beginning of the latest episode of Nothing to See Here with Darren and Stephen, a conversation between two quite brilliant minds. Episode 3, Illness. I'm not comfortable with that. Bananas? So actually, how long can you talk to a banana quite happily? You know what? did feel like the most productive podcast we've done together so far. I didn't quite realise I was talking to a banana. Now you've got a banana with your banana. That's not... It's going to be the episode of the banana puns. Are you settled, Grandma? You've, you've no, it's just... Things up. It's just the light. It's the light, isn't it? The light. It's not the bells, it's the light. How are you feeling? With my hands. How are you? Oh, does that light? Sorry, I was, you shocked me with like genuine politeness. Are we going to be nice to each other today? <sighs> is, this, is this a different stage in our relationship? Is that, is what's that better? Right, so we better make it clear at the beginning of this podcast that... Uh, although he hasn't asked me how I am. I've been very sick this week. <laughs> Had to go to hospital. Now, I think... And even when I say had to go to hospital, I had to go to hospital, he just changes the subject. I was going to extend the subject. <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> I don't think playing for the sympathy vote and setting something up at the beginning of a podcast so that people are a little bit more sympathetic to one of the two presenters is a particularly good way to go, regardless of whether it's true or not. Um, what, really, what really hurt listeners was the fact that there was also a suggestion that there was going to be another cohort presenter. Were you going to say cohort then? <laughs> no. That was a bit of a Freudian slip, wasn't it? You were like, is it because we are? Yeah, are those, I'd be charging a little bit more to be honest. So, how are you, Darren? That's twice you've been nice to me in this podcast. So I think we, it, to me, this feels like we're at a mature stage of our relationship. It's like we've, mm-hmm. we've stopped courting, we've stopped the flirting, we've stopped showing our best sides. You know, I know I worked really hard to show all of my best sides. Uh, I underplayed everything. Uh, you know, my cockiness, my loudness. Your hair just looks great. You've just ruffled it, haven't you? It looks really nice now. Thanks. Stephen? Mm-hmm. How are you? 
Oh, no, sorry. Um, I'm not being funny. I'll be back in a sec. It's the second episode in a row he's minced out. I'm not, I'm not sure I can do this much longer. It's wearing people. It's actually, it's made me ill. The stress and the pressure of this series is, is actually wearing on me physically and mentally. I know to viewers at home listening, I know you're not viewers, you're listening. I know you probably think it comes really easy and that he's cocky and that he's gobby and that he just, you know, riffs, riffs, riffs and he's a bit self-obsessed and he keeps talking about himself and doesn't let stuff in. I know it all feels like it comes very easy, but it's hard work, it's art and it's taken its toll. So let's get, let's get the main topic of conversation out of the way this week, which is your health, okay. and which we do need to be serious about. Yeah, uh, okay, let's talk about health. Uh, yeah, I've not been very well this week. How have okay, you? Okay, that's all we need to know. <laughs> Just checking in with you and making sure that you're all right to do the podcast. We don't need to know anymore. That's really kind of you. Like I say, it feels like we're in a, a new state of relationship. Maybe that's the thing of today. Maybe, you know, we've stopped, like I say, we've stopped the flirting, we've stopped the courting. You know, we've got the sex out of the way. Discovered it's not very good, but that's all right. With, with you know, pandemic is hard. It's gone into reverse this podcast because originally it was described as being me planting a seed in you and then it was our baby and now we're going back to having sex. So everything has like gone in reverse, which I don't understand at all. So where did it start? Remind me. It started with you planting a seed in me. <laughs> I, I seem to remember I actually had to cut that out of the edit because it just sounded so wrong. I thought you put it in me. Well, seed went somewhere. Seed does go somewhere. Is this going to be a sex education lesson? <laughs> oh, talking of which. Yeah. Not got a jingle for this. So shall I just do like an in the moment one? No. All right. Uh, I got my ST. Uh, I results. Oh. I'm very pleased to know from Sexual Health London. Saying you didn't send us enough blood. Basically, uh, unsurprisingly, people, I didn't provide enough blood. However, every, everything else was fine, but I didn't give enough blood. But that's fine. So, so some things they could do was a pitiful amount of blood that you sent. Uh, no, no, no. It's only, it's only uh, your HIVs and your Hep Bs that are done by the blood. All, all our other uh, sexual screenings are done with swabs and, and urine and all uh, Okay, didn't know that. That's sexual health out of the way. We've done general health out of the way. Should we do a mental and emotional well-being? How are you, Stephen? I've had no, I'm, I'm all right. I've had a bit of a rocky week. You'd like to say more? Well, I just think, and I do a lot of thinking, that although I'm very happy in lockdown, it is throwing me in on myself quite a lot. And I think it's probably throwing a lot of people in on themselves if they haven't got any other worries, which I haven't because I'm going to work. So I've sort of been processing things, and I did get a bit wobbly last week. Wobbly in what way? Well, completely not helped by you destroying the podcast. It's a little harsh. No, it's not harsh at all. Again, people notice the, uh, let's call it, should we call it gaslighting? <laughs> so. Uh, it's, like I say, it's wearing, wearing. It was very upsetting what you did last week. What was upsetting about, do you want to talk <laughs> And I coped very well with it. I went away and got my revenge, which will never be published. 
you want to talk a little bit about that just so you can but it was very testing to our friendship what was your but it survived what was your revenge my revenge was to well for those of you who haven't heard last week's podcast should we explain the context well last week we collated all of the reviews from the (laughs) obviously what we what what you did was you um gave it out to i always want to call it a steering panel it's not called a steering panel is it our focus group you gave it to your muswell hill focus group and they gave, they were very kind, very generous with their time. They took the morning off from their cakes and paper. give it to anybody in Muswell Hill. Sorry, I was, it was whatever, wherever the focus group is based, because obviously we're remote at the moment. Generally, normally they meet in St. Catherine's Church at 182 Muswell Hill Broadway on a Tuesday morning and they do tea, cake and crochet. Um, uh, and then occasionally Stephen takes them some quality material to review and they and they and they review the quality material and then they crochet it into their socks and things um uh so Stephen took them the pilot episode of the podcast and they very graciously took time out from their busy schedules stopped eating their cake and their pastries for a little while and uh and reviewed our podcast I gave it to a few friends as well and other people what I do know Steve the cleaner he 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 looked at it too um uh, yeah, anyway, um, this is stretching out to a rather long story. Basically, we reviewed the feedback. Steve- no, basically, I was not told anything about the fact we were going to be reviewing feedback. And you dropped it on me like a ton of bricks, including pre-recorded jingles. I think what's happening here is we are public exposing the abusive elements of our relationship. So you, I'm going to now extend the idea that i'm being gaslit here because you started the episode last week by the way just to be really noisy gaslight there is no comedy in gaslighting um you started the episode last week saying should we talk about the feedback i had an overexcited reaction because i'd done a bit of preparation to talk about the feedback the preparation i didn't even know how many hours did you put into that bit of preparation about 20 minutes mm. So don't be going, you didn't know anything about doing the feedback. It was your idea. Yes, you didn't know that actually I cared about the art because like I said, we've got different approaches. One of us is, is working really hard. You go, I, don't, I think you go sailing for the week or something, don't you? Anyway. <laughs> it just made me very cross. I had to go away and process the whole thing. And I processed it. And I then decided to get twofold. Actually, I managed to kill two birds with one stone because I knew the problem with it was that it was going to be a nightmare to edit. You knew full well I was capable of editing it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done it. I was concerned about the amount of time it was going to take, which I needed to think because it didn't actually take me very long again. So what I decided to do was to hold a mirror up to you and I edited it so that all it was was Darren talking on and on and on and I cut my voice out completely. So if you listen very carefully, and I don't know if you have listened very carefully, you can hear me constantly puffing and sighing all the way through it as you chunter on. It was a very sophisticated piece of editing. 
that was the night I went to bed and dreamt that I was making a podcast and your voice was coming out of my mouth. That was exactly what caused that dream. You know what? I, I, that's so abstract, that dream. What, what it, I mean... I don't know what it meant. So abstract. I mean, maybe you should take it to therapy. Uh, so yeah, so so that was what happened last week. You asked what happened last week. So yeah, feed, it was the feedback. I think you've even called it the feedback episode, I think. I see there's no wine. I don't drink, Stephen. <laughs> don't feel where I'm not very well. <laughs> the other thing I sort of... All, no, I do regret it. I will own it. I'm not the fucking Tory party. Um, I can own my mistakes. Uh, I regret saying Stephen so much. There was an analogy. There was a regret saying that, and it, and it was a metaphor of a rainbow you'd created with too much glitter that I couldn't quite understand. There was a sort of apology, it had to be said, that came out about the whole thing. But I was, I am, I'm stopping checking now. I was feeling a bit, I was feeling a bit fragile last weekend, just, just from lockdown and everything. I think it's just going on too long and there's those, those sort of ending night sides. So it, it did get to me and I'm, I coped with it really well and um, I processed it and I realised that therapy has just been so brilliant for me because I would have chucked it, I possibly would have chucked our whole friendship away <laughs> had you done that to me a couple of years before. Um, and I think uh, I think it, you know, it's really, really helped me. I feel mentally I've moved on. Even though I've stopped seeing the, ther the therapist, I, I feel I'm still progressing in my own mental health development. Um, and then leading on from that, I think uh, I was in a um, long story, but I was in a back to Zoom thing about the future of theatre and a lot of people are just talking about leaving theatre, finding other careers and I, I was started to think I've got to maybe think about leaving what I'm doing and doing other things. Um, I'm also trying to deal with um, selling my parents home at the moment which is a huge thing which is probably what's at the root of all this and um, I, I'm alright, I'm not running away from it, I'm actually quite calm and I'm coping it and containing it and everything's all right so I think ironically although I'm feeling in a little bubble I potentially have big sort of seismic changes going on around me um, which would have completely thrown me off course uh, in the past but hasn't yes yeah, so it's amazing that you're dealing with it so well because you've got so much on and you're in lockdown, so it's amazing that actually you are dealing with it so well. And it's a funny mixture, isn't it? Having a lot on and being in lockdown. I mean, some people are in lockdown with a lot on because they're working sort of nine to five, nine to eight solidly. And then I'm in lockdown and I've got a lot going on that I can't really do much about because I'm in lockdown. It's, all a bit, it's just different for everybody, isn't it? It's an absolute individualised process for everybody. But those of us that have a little bit more space, uh, uh, you know, don't have those pressures of, of, of having to, you know work whatever hours or you know or, or do the big struggles uh those of us with a with a bit more space are having to face are being faced with with a lot of stuff we're having to look and, and deal with a lot of kind of our own individualized um kind of let's call it existential dilemmas and 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 
literal stuff that's happening, like the very practical things that you're, you're discussing, and also the collective consciousness stuff that's going on. A lot of us are feeling at the moment like we can't breathe, and there's a very definite reason for that. Um, and if we're not, we should be feeling like that. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it is a strange time. And I think this is now, you know, this is, it's also been a huge amount of time now. And again, it's kind of, there's so many mixed messages about, you know, how long this is going to last, what phase we're in, what the next phase is in terms of what's locked down, what isn't. It's, you know, it's, it's, no, it's, it's, it's tricky. And I think human beings actually don't like, they don't, they do like being told most of us do actually do like to know where we are. We like to know our boundaries. We'd like to know when things are starting and finishing. Like, um, I mean, we, you know, we fundamentally love our protective behaviours. When we're kids, we love to know what way we're walking to school. We love to know how long it takes, who's picking us up. We, we like the routine of doing the same thing the same way. If, if somebody changes the direction or it takes longer to walk home or somebody else picks us up, it's really displacing. We like to know how long it takes us to get from A to B. We like to know when our toilet break is. We like to know when our coffee break is. We, those things do not change in adulthood. And we'd like to be parented. It's one of the reasons we engineer the construct that we are governed, is that we like to be parented and held and looked after. That's entirely appropriate. But if we're going to set up that structure, we should set it up with healthy parenting, not corrupt, toxic, nasty, inconsistent, yeah, just messy, messy, self-indulgent, self-interested overly educated well i think you know and unaware you know they may not even realize they're being an, uh, self-indulgent and everything else they've just got absolutely no awareness of how people live no well it's, it's because they've never lived in the real world because we, they've never lived in the real world yeah like I said in an earlier episode i think it's like if you've not been yeah if you're not on public transport at the moment you're not shopping in a shop or you're not you don't even know what how much a pint of milk costs then how can you have any sense of, of, of what's going on in real life? And if you can't, oh, if you can't even apologise for your mistake, where is the empathy? Where is the, yeah, oh, makes me mad. Um, so if you'd like to apologise for last week. I think you're fine. I will accept it. I think you're fine. I did do a troll for the mistakes that were made after, after you come back found it difficult to find them i think uh on reflection yeah i might have done i might have um because the steering committee did send a lot of emails so i think i'm with um so i keep calling them a steering committee <laughs> focus group did send a lot of emails i think on reflection and with the combination of the muswell hall focus group emails um the crochet group um and um and uh and and the and the few that i bought from uh, Steve Cleaner at L, uh, there were a bit too many. I think sometimes I can put a bit too much glitter on the rainbow. So if I have any regrets, it's like that, as ever, I brought a little bit too much content to the party. Just a little bit too much. A little bit too much pickle in the sandwich. And then the other thing I want to say, which is again is quite serious, is that uh, I just want to say thank you because you knew what you were doing and you have a lot of faith in me to go away and do this editing and you let me get on with it and you decided to make it really, really difficult for me. But you knew I'd manage it and I did manage it and I need to have faith in myself and you're, uh, you are containing me and you are looking after me for all that you are being silly and whatever else. Um, 
which is quite an achievement in somebody who manages to be completely obnoxious and completely self-aware at the same time. Yeah, compliment in there. I like it. Uh, no, I think it's teeming. I think it's good teeming. It's like, and the thing is, if you're creating art, you're not always going to get it right. Art is not supposed to be perfect. One of the reasons that we fund art and we should fund art is that people should be able to make mistakes. Not every piece of art should be the perfect piece of art, actually. Art should exist to provoke questions and feelings. That's why, that's why. I would rather, um, I would rather somebody hated something I created than gave me a lukewarm appreciative clap for it. I'd rather actually somebody had a strong reaction against me than was, than was indifferent. It's like, because actually what you and I do together, both as friends and now professionally, is we poke and we prod and we challenge each other. And there's an exchange of energy, there's an exchange of creativity, and there's, a, and there's a vibrancy to it, and it's dangerous at points. And that is what being alive is about for me. It's like, it's, it's, about, it's about risk, it's a, it, but safe risk, respectful risk. It's a roller coaster. I do feel like we are in, in, in the later stages of our long-term relationship now. We've totally reversed roles. You're doing the ironing. I'm doing the shopping. Uh, you, suddenly you're, you're doing all of your ism. Oh, no, you were always doing the isms. Go on. Um, no, that's one thing I've just constantly had to cut out because I have no idea what you're on about when you start going on about me making isms. You know, it's not okay just to cut something out because you're not clever enough to understand it. Yes, it is. No, if I not. don't understand it, no one else is going to understand it. <laughs> Can I just label that as an ism? Don't cut it out. Oh, you mean generalizations? No, I mean an ism. It's a stupid ism. I'm going to be serious again. I haven't really looked to, which is what's really surprised me. I thought I would sit and read and look to things to get me through the lockdown and what's getting me through lockdown is uh me doing things more actively so you know editing the podcasts making podcasts playing the piano going for walks baking joking apart stuff like that is actually what's i'm really really enjoying mm-hmm. which i thought was quite interesting not really that interesting but it's just i'm not behaving in a way i thought i would which is actually really interesting so i would wonder why you'd finish that statement by saying it's not very interesting well people don't always find it interesting when you're talking about yourself yeah you see i don't experience that no it's funny you don't that's why we're so different but that's because you never talk about yourself so you never really know Exactly. You know how uh, you don't need to um, uh, manage other people's uh, experience of your stories. You, what you also don't need to do is uh, tell us whether it's a serious story or a funny story. <laughs> you don't need... So this section, this section of the podcast, people, I'm now going to talk about something more serious. Kind of... I'll just cut that out. <laughs> sure. Or not, because I can point it out. And then it's funny. You you can't sit here with your head on. Can you just be in the moment? It's where you went wrong last week. Your head got all exploding because you wouldn't allow 
in the moment and just experience what the beautiful art that was happening at you you got all like oh how am i going to edit this how am i going to edit this and but i am such a damaged person that i cannot i find it very very difficult to be in the moment <laughs> you're such a damaged person that's why you find it really difficult to be in the moment no i am a damaged person damaged because i find it very difficult to be in the moment I stand outside myself all the time. Yes, that's what you did last week. Yeah. I wonder what would have happened if you hadn't have done that. Uh, I probably wouldn't be speaking to you. Uh, well, I, I, got, I was going in and out. Yeah. To stay safe. Previously, I'd have gone, uh, previously I'd have gone out, stayed out, and probably never spoken to you again. Damn, wish you'd met. When would that have been? <laughs> no, I don't think I would have never spoken to you again, but I would have... Um, no, but we would have been done by now. So when was when was that? So I can fantasize about you know. So what you fantasize about? Getting you out of my life. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, if there's any sort of fantasies with an F or with a PH, they don't involve you. <laughs> no offense. It's very upsetting. You also, you also can't keep referring to cutting it because if you leave any in, people are just feel left out. You people are much more sophisticated than that. What? You really need to get that gimp suit cleaned, by the way. You know, you, you know, you you know, you're supposed to get them dry cleaned after a couple of uses. And how long you've been in lockdown? What I like about you is if you find a question like a bit overwhelming, <laughs> you sit there as if you haven't heard it. <laughs> and then about 10 minutes later, you deflect it. So yes, I don't know, the week just sort of goes. How's your week been? Oh, we know how your week's been. We're not allowed to talk about it. Have I seen anything interesting on the television? Yes, I, actually, I really enjoyed you don't watch Frankie and Grace, Grace and Frankie, do you? I've seen it. I, I like it very much, but I don't really watch telly with any sense of regularity or commitment. What so, do you do with regularity and commitment? What do I do with regularity and commitment? I run, because I don't know if you're aware. I'm training. You not run. When was the last time you ran? This morning. What, to the toilet? Look at that. Good double acting just happened right there. That's the beauty, the creativity. It's just bish, bash, bosh. Poof, poof, Look at that humour happening there. Double acts like uh, Lauren Hardy. All the great. Who are my favourites? Oh, I love a bit. Love me a bit of Lauren Hardy. Did you see the Stan and Ollie film? No, I don't like those sort of things. I don't want to know about people's lives. I'm just happy watching Lauren Hardy. Says the man who spends his life looking out of his window at other people's lives. I'm not going to justify this. I'm just saying I know a lot of comedians have very sad lives and I don't really want to know about them. I want to remember them for who they are and what they are as far as making me laugh. Kind of like our friendship, really, isn't it? What's like our friendship? Well, you only want to see the funny side of me. You just, yeah. want, you know, you just want me to make you laugh. You just want me to be the, oh, the dodgy, dangerous one, the provocative one, the naughty one. Oh, always oh, a bit risky again. Always oh, upset me again, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know... When it comes to the other stuff, my darker stuff, my, my troubles, my woes, my illnesses, it's like, no time for it. Tell me about your darker stuff. Well, 
Uh, where should I start? As a paper boy, uh, I, um, I had this beautiful boss uh, who, um, who was very lovely to me and uh, like really kind of looked after me and supported me and she let me work in the shop and then she kind of made me head paper boy and I ran all of the, the paper boys and stuff. Uh, she left and then we got taken over by this really nasty, quite hard-nosed Tory businessman um, and he was nasty. Uh, and he'd make everybody turn up early, all these poor uh, teenagers that were going to school. And then he'd just get up when he wanted to get up. So he'd leave us out in the cold for ages and not leave us enough time to do our rounds and stuff. Blah, blah, blah. So basically, I just set up a racket and started farming stuff out to the boys and, and taking a little bit of money on the side and stuff. And we set up a whole little business. It was great. Uh, and counteracted the uh, Tory dream. It was my first little bit of cultural rebellion. I used to take uh, quite a lot of porn and sell it on. I, well, some might say it was my first business venture. Going back to the first person you worked for. It was amazing. I do find it interesting that it was the woman who looked after you and the man that didn't. So your business career started out stealing. My business career started out entrepreneurially. Stealing. You say stealing, I say potato. And how would that woman have felt if she'd known you were stealing? That's not the story, is it, Stephen? Well, whether it's the story or not, it's something worth thinking about. Chantelle had left. Yes, but suppose she found out. Oh, if Chantelle had found out, after I, do you know what? I think she would have got it if I told him, if I told her, because she was all about, you know, she was about principles, she was about organisation, she was about doing it right, she treated the... Um, paper boys and girls really well she really looked after us we all got christmas gifts she was always really grateful she was always pleased to see she was about looking after you know everyone looking after each other and leaning on each other and so actually if i told her about our little new tory boss that treated everybody like a little bastard like it was the victorian like he was living his victorian ages dream and he'd sent us all up the chimneys or to the workhouses i think she would have been quite pleased with my uh, little counteracting plan mm -hmm. Now, let's be clear, listeners, two wrongs do not make a right. No, they don't. However, in this case... They do. <laughs> Shall we do the promotion for today? So what I've decided is if this is becoming a weekly... Uh, in fact, no, no, I'm going to do... Just give me a second. Oh. Genuine promote or indulgent gloat. So is it a genuine, is Darren going to do a genuine promote like last week? Uh, or is it just going to be a little bit more of Darren's self-indulgent nonsense about himself or the things that he does in his life? It's always a bit, you know, we're always a bit like on the edge, which, which is it going to be this week? So I thought rather than, you know, let's take it because there's a quite a lot of danger in this. Let's take a bit of the danger out. Why don't we toss a coin each week? Are you ready? I'm going to toss the coin. What, what, what? No, no. A, I can't even see that you've got a flipping coin in your hand. Right. I'm calling heads then. And what's heads? Heads is um, genuine promote. Right, I'm calling for genuine promotion. Oh. No, I can't see anything. Lift it up. Oh, God's sake. I'll have to go on. Whatever, I can't see it. What was it? Right, okay. Genuine promote. Off you go.
So, genuine promote for this week. Do, the, do you want to do the jingle again? Genuine promote or indulgent gloat. Which is it, Stephen? A genuine promote. Well, that's right. So this week, Stephen, my genuine promote is for two uh, amazing books, which I absolutely love, and are essential reads for 98%, if not more, uh, of our listeners. So the first one is, depending on which edition you've got, obviously, is called Why I'm No Longer Talking to People About Race. The version that I have is called Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. That is my first recommendation that everybody should be reading. And the other obvious recommendation, which is in the similar field, is White Fragility, uh, which is about why it is so hard for white people to talk about racism. Those, Stephen, are my genuine promotions for this week. <laughs> if you want a different slant on that, and it's a short read, you should be reading How to Argue with a Racist by Dr. Evan Rutherford. Good recommendation. Which I haven't read. <laughs> but I've heard him read it on the radio. All right. I have heard him talk about it and I have spoken to the man himself about it, but I will read it. And it's written by a scientist and it is a very, very interesting book and a very, very important book. In fact, his first line, and if you read my Twitter feed, you would know this, his first line is, this book is a weapon. What are you up to in the next few days? Uh, I might do a bit of editing. Mm -hmm. Have you lost interest because you're just looking up at the ceiling? No, I was really fascinated, but the window cleaner's arrived and I'm aware it's going to get very bangy. And I don't mean me and the window cleaner. That's I mean exactly what you mean. Uh, so the window cleaner's arrived. It's going to get very bangy. It's going to be very noisy. If we were still uh, doing our Zoomcast podcast, Cast Doom Zoom, uh, it would, might be a bit embarrassing uh, and might not make good sound effects. So that might be a good place to end. It's amazing. You asked me a serious question. I gave a serious answer, at which point the window cleaner comes in and we have to finish. Bye. Where's the wine? That was Nothing to See Here with Stephen and Darren. Episode 3, Illness. We apologise to any listeners whose general well-being may have gone into decline because of listening to it, and we wish you a speedy recovery and hope you can join us again for the next episode. Thank you for listening. Cut that bit. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever said. As I do this next section, which is going to be very funny, it's going to be uncuttable. I'm going to keep ticking.